welcome to the Birdhouse podcast, where we talk about how to build a business, how to become a better version of ourselves, while we strive to fly up to the higher skies. My name is Alexander Guller, the CEO of the Birdhouse Agency, and I'm your host for this podcast. Welcome to the Birdhouse. Welcome, everybody. My name is Alexander Guller, and welcome to the Birdhouse podcast. Today, we have Stephen Winner once again. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Good to see you. See you again. Good to see you as always. Hope it's been good while uh, while we've been apart. <laughs> it's been been a roller coaster, but yeah, you talked a little about uh, <laughs> yeah something some experiences that I w- wish I don't have sometimes. Yeah, same here. Just had a lot of business change, so hopefully I can get back up and figured out. We talked about this last time, but figured out some family stuff. Just got some good boundaries set in place and. So for there, it's just been very busy the last couple of weeks with stuff, with fraternity, with business, with personal life. So it's been quite a busy past couple of weeks. Sounds good. Well, I'm glad to hear that you have sorted it out, at least to some some degree. We talked in the, on the last call about some things that we should hold each other accountable for. And one yeah. of the things we were actually um, clearing up some of the shit that we are going got going on. <laughs> so was that all of the shit that you could clean up? I was still lacking a bit on it. Sorry. Honestly, I do not remember what all we talked about. What did we talk about? What stuff did we want to clear up? Or was that with family stuff or with stuff beyond that as well? I think it was primarily with the family stuff, with the setting boundaries, but that's... Yeah, so I got that as best figured out as I could, but I'm still trying to get myself on a more regular schedule day-to-day just to work for yourself and not having another job or a bunch of other activities. It's harder to set and keep a schedule. Yeah, it definitely is, but I'm I'm glad to hear you, you did uh, as, as good as possible. And also, on my end, I talked with my late, late boss, and I think we came out on good terms, so I'm glad for that. And also, one of the other things that I have been going on in my head is one of the things I've started, which is called the Youth Network. Mm-hmm. We had just held a meeting, and which was a quite good meeting, also because we set out some good boundaries and some structure for the future. And I think that was quite good, the things that we had. And one of the things that would change was we had a weekly walk which we changed to like just a weekly have fun time where you can go out on a walk with each other so i think that cleared my head a bit because uh we were down to only three members and now we last time we were 10 15 so that's that's awesome good. i'm happy yeah, to hear that. that yeah so i'm i'm really excited for that and all right so i think yeah i have been busy but it's not been overwhelming uh, like yours <laughs> yeah so um Shall we just jump into the biggest loss, win, and lesson? Let's do it. So, Steven, you had a rough week. Please yeah. Tell us about it. Biggest lesson, lose, loss, and win. I guess biggest lesson for me has been just having all expectations very clear. And so this goes with my lesson as well, because I had some services, some companies got delayed by a month because I was talking with one person and that person misconstrued information that I said. And so just having a better written out, better laid out, like, invoice and contract, uh, making sure that the wording is very clear on what's month to month and what's yearly and what's one-time fee. And so just making sure that that's all cleared up and good. So I guess that's both my biggest lesson and biggest loss are both tied in. The lesson came from the, the biggest loss. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess also biggest lesson is just make sure to plan out time 
And so, um, uh, can, can you elaborate? like your time throughout the week of creating time for business and time for personal stuff, it makes life a lot easier if you go, I am going to work from, I don't know, 8 a.m. to 10.30 and I'm going to work on this. So whether that's a marketing strategy, whether that's contacting clients, having a very clear set plan, because otherwise people can be pulling at you for time and that kind of thing and you just won't get work done. Hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I definitely. I know that feeling. Everyone wants a piece of you. <laughs> yeah, so I've been a lot better about chunking out times within my schedule so that people just can't communicate with me than if they want to set up meetings or things like that because I know I need to work on things here. It sounds good. So I also think that is one of the biggest lessons is making sure that you preserve your own time and not play by all schedule, uh, all people's schedules. Yeah. That you make sure that it's your own time. Also, that's the, one of the ways that you can like dominate and be quite clear on what is your objective. Exactly. By all, all objective. So the biggest win. I went to a networking event here in Manhattan. So I'm in Manhattan, Kansas for people not in Manhattan, New York. So I went to a networking event and got some pretty good connections and really happy with that. I've been pretty poor at networking because I'm just naturally an introvert and naturally just don't want to go meet people because I just like working by myself. And so it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I'm really happy that I went. Sounds good. Like, did you learn a bunch of new stuff and did you meet some other people? Yeah, we talked with, I'm at the K-State campus here in the US and there's a guy that graduated, I think, last year and he started a like entertainment venue that also has like a beer wall and also does some food and so I, we listened to him and it was a very good talk and if you want to get within the networking world in the u.s around the country there's something called a million cups and they each depending on where you are i know ours does each first weekend does it in person and then the rest is online and so if you want to get connected check your local linkedin and uh, facebook to see if you can get connected within the Million Cups network because from what I can tell, it's a very good network. Sounds fun. Like whenever you talk about networking, I always think about the, the quote, uh, your net worth is your network. Oh, wait. Your net worth is your worth your network. Yeah. yeah Tongue exactly. twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we took that. <laughs> the people that we know is like the biggest leverage we have. Absolutely. And that's just as similar as, uh, as it gets. Uh, like if you know people that are great at what they're doing, you can utilize what they are great at doing and they can u- utilize what you are good at doing. So then that's better for benefiting for both persons. And that's yeah. just the way to do it. Absolutely. So, so I yeah, think that's I'm, definitely my biggest win there. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad you got <laughs> sort of some things up and, and met some new new persons and, and all that. Yep. So, um, What's your biggest loss? Let's start there. I actually wanted to start with my biggest win. I think the biggest win for me was definitely clearing up some of the things that I have thought about that was taking up time on uh, some of my thought space like with some with, with my old boss and with the, uh, the youth network there was th- something that i spent a lot of time thinking about which was quite i think since we set it up this way i think it's quite good that means mm. so that i don't have to spend unnecessary time on it i think for the youth network i feel really think that we put up a good structure for the future where a lot of people can join in and without doing much more and, and not pushing people and i think my biggest loss i think was 
whenever your room and house is a mess, like uh, with your whole personal life, that's just a lot of things that you can utilize to the full potential. If your room's a mess, if your uh, your thought process is a mess, what else you have to think about with the personal life to, and the business? You have to clear it up and you have to put make sure that they're stable for the future. Make sure that the fundament is good so, so that they don't collapse. And I think that's the biggest lesson because like some of those things collapsed in, uh, not collapsed, but was way too big uh, for what they were actually worth like they yeah. were they were taking way too much time and energy and thought processes than they were actually worth that i think was not good another lesson is also make sure that you know what time what you spend your time with as you also talked about everyone wants a piece of you but like you have to prioritize you, you and yourself i think that's always a lesson that can be relearned and have to be said multiple times and at some point, we're probably going to listen. At least I am. <laughs> at some point. A long way in the future, but at some point. But I think that's definitely a thing that it's a good thing to know. And you have to prioritize what you want to prioritize, what your objectives are. Absolutely. I think that was where my biggest loss win and lesson. I got a quick question for you. Um, as you were talking with like your environment and your brain, every person's slightly different on this. Do you need your environment clean before you can like clear up your thought process? Or do you need to clear up your thought process before you can clear up your environment? So for me, me personally, I have to get everything organized in here before I like have the energy or have the like care to organize my environment. So if I'm not doing well, up in my head I'm not able to do well with like picking up my room and that kind of thing but like my mom she needs the house clean before she can like even process anything in her head that's actually a good question I think I'm more like you like I, I can clear it out out of my head and while the, the room is still a mess but, yeah. but I think that uh, it definitely goes hand in hand yeah yeah it definitely does because like uh, it's funny because like whenever you have something that you know that you should tend to like you always have that nagging in your head like you got to do this you got to do this you got to do this remember to do do this and they will do that i think it's more like the thought process the mind and then the place i think yeah uh, but i never to put it in your terms uh, but i'm not sure that that much related i definitely think that they relate in, in the way that if there, there's a messy room i can't use it for the things that I want to use it for. Like yeah. you, if you have a, a, a table you have to work on, if that's messy, you can utilize that properly. Mm -hmm. Like if you have like a, I don't know, a square feet or something like that to work on, maybe two, um, half of that table is filled with paper and books and so on. You can utilize it. Like yeah. um, when, normally when I have on my desktop, on my, uh, my table, I have my computer with my two screens and on that on the left side I, I want to clear it out because that way i can write stuff down in a book or other things if you don't have that cleaned up properly you can't utilize the potential that you want the room to actually do mm -hmm. that's just no go so it's quite important yeah to clean up yeah the reason i asked was i was just thinking about personalities there's i think this is the meyer briggs version of it if you've ever hear heard like four letters together um so like for me i am a istp is 
what I'm categorized as, which I means introvert, S means sensing. Like for, I'll explain, there's introvert, extrovert for the first letter. That's where you get your energy from. So do you get your energy from others or do you get energy from being from yourself? So like when you're with people, are you more energized after that or are you more drained? And so for me, I run out of energy when I'm with people. I get more energy when I'm by myself. So like if I'm, say I'm playing Minecraft or something, I get more energy from that than I would be playing board games with my friends. But I'm definitely an extrovert. My mm-hmm. brother is an introvert. He, he likes to be alone a lot, lot more than I do. But I also think like I'm also a bit more a public figure here in where I live in. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have been in the papers a few times and even on the front page and so on. And I'm quite open and I'm quite extroverted. And I think those go hand in hand. I can get hyped on being with other people. Like, yeah. I get like manical hype. Yeah. Manical amounts of energy. Yeah, I absolutely can do that. It's just at the end of the day, are you more energized when you're with people or more energized when you're by yourself? With people. Yeah. So like a Jordan Patterson, he's actually, I think he's an introvert. Whenever he's talking with others, he has introverted energy. So he gets his energy when he's by himself, but he really does enjoy being with people. Of course, there's always a scale. It's like, okay, you're 25% introvert, 75% extrovert and all that. I joke with people. It's like, I'm an introvert with an extrovert tendency. So I'm... Of what? Of what? So like in high school, as much as I enjoyed being by myself, I was with people all except for the times I was driving. So I was doing stuff from when I woke up at 5.30 a.m. till about 10 p.m. I was with people, helping, doing school, all of that, doing sports during that whole time. And so people kept thinking I was an extrovert, but like on the weekends, whenever I wasn't doing that, I would just be in my room because that's where I got my energy from. So people would make fun of me because they're like, no, you're an extrovert. I'm like, you see me when I have energy to be with people. So it was, it's quite funny with that. I also think like you can learn tools from the extroverts and from the introverts. Absolutely. Whenever I think about personality traits and so on, like I always think about the duality, like there's the, the oppositions, the yin and yang, like you have the introversion and you have extroversion, but sometimes they overlap and like through life you have to learn the tools and skills from both boxes so that you can go in, in, in whatever way you need to do. Like you, you talk about when you were playing sports and they were talking about when you were expert that's because you were like using some of the skills and Mm -hmm. extrovert has naturally developed and well well some sometimes i think the extroverts also have to learn some of the natural things that the introverts yeah have learned like spending time alone like for some people that's quite tough like Mm And I know it's quite tough, and I think I have. I also enjoy my own company. I, I like to be alone, also, but I'm definitely an extrovert. I think so. Yeah. But like, just being alone is sometimes work wonders. But you have to learn to enjoy your own company. Absolutely. And sometimes you can have too much alone time and too much people time, and so yeah. you just have to you have to find that balance, personal balance. And yeah. yeah. So the next one is let's see, sensing and intuition. And what that means is, say, I'm just using examples here because it's a lot easier than trying to (laughs) describe the more technical version. So when you're watching a movie, this is the question I always ask people. Are you watching the movie or are you thinking about the actors? Like if, I don't know, let's use Star Wars. So if you see Luke on screen, are you thinking that he's Luke or do you see that he's Mark Hamill and that he has played the Joker and all of that? So like a sensing 
person is watching the movie to watch the movie and intuition is watching the movie but also thinking about like each individual like actor instead and thinking about that kind of thing and so for me it's like i just watched star wars to watch star wars i had no idea who the actors were until i got like really deep into it like i didn't know that han solo was henry ford or things like that until like i watched indiana jones and my dad said oh that's the same guy that did han solo i just didn't even click that in my brain really yeah i'm the sensing uh intuition uh, yeah, intuition. I think like okay, that guy watched. We have what's that from? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and from that, from that how's his wife? How many kids does he have? Like that kind of thing. Like there's yeah. some because I know especially with female. I'm just use females. They do this a lot more. They look at like the actors and then they try to be like, oh, this person dated this person and had a kid with this person. How's their kid doing? All of that. And so it just seems like a lot more females are a lot more intuition than they are sensing. Mm. I think that's definitely some truth to that. I think I've seen the, the same thing. Maybe not in movies, but like in general. I think that the females are quite good at keeping track of the family and, and so on. Yeah. All, all people's family. Because like, like I, I can see it on my, with, with my own friends through growing up. Like I could tell a name of a friend of mine and my mom was like, yeah, I know who that is. But my dad is like, wait, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Yeah, and so on. So, so just in my own parents, I've I've seen that. So I think that's that's definitely some truth to that. But I think I'm kind of the intuition because I really try to like, oh, he he's played the Joker and he's played mm. the, the Batman. Like Christian Bale has played the American Psycho and the Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy and so on. Yeah, like, I think about that when whenever. What? Yeah, for some reason I can't get actors' names. I know about really? ten. 10, 15 actors' names, period. <laughs> it's so bad. When everyone, anyone's like, oh, do you know who Jennifer Lawrence is? I'm like, no. Like, I just, I don't have a face. I've seen her, and I know, like, I know that I've seen her in movies, but I can't picture her face. I can't picture any movies she's in. And so I just know that it's, that's a name of an actor, and that's uh, it. Do, 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 uh, uh, wait, Jennifer Lawrence? I think that's The Hunger Games. Jennifer. <laughs> I think that's the person from Hunger Games, right? Let's see, movies. Yeah, Hunger Games. Uh, <laughs> Good job. Uh, yeah, fact. <laughs> really? You don't? I have always been good in tracking names and so on. I'm good with like I'm good in person with tracking faces, but I'm not the best with names. It's so funny. And so yeah. Okay, so the next one beyond the intuition and sensing is thinking and feeling. And okay. the question I ask again, these are pretty broad, does not fit every case and scenario. But so I just they overlap in some way. Abs- yeah. All of them absolutely overlap. But this is where I usually ask questions to see uh, if somebody is one or the other, mo- mostly, um, has the majority of it. Um, is okay, when you walk into a room, are there's this one's called feeling and thinking. So when you walk into a room, a feeler typically tries and looks and tries to see what is needing to happen. So if there's a person in the corner, if there's someone upset, something like that, that's generally what they pay attention to as soon as they walk into a room. It's usually of like how people are feeling. When I walk into a room, I look at it as like a whole of like, okay, here's this group, here's this group, here's what's going on. So when my mom walks into a room, she notices that there's a kid in the corner. Say we're at a camp or something. She notices that a kid's in the corner. I notice 
what's being played is the first thing that I do. And so generally, so for me, I'm a thinker. So I more try to look at like the process as a whole rather than like individual people. And a feeler typically looks at individual people, then looks at the whole. I want to like try to explain it and please correct me if I'm wrong. So a feeler was feeling the group and then the individuals and the finger was with the individuals in the group. Yes. Okay. That I do not know. A finger in general, I'm... So I just looked up this. Let's see if this helps a little bit. A thinker says, when I make a decision, I like to look at the basic truth or principle to be applied regardless of the specific situation involved. A feeler says, when I make decisions by weighing what people care about and the points of view uh, involved in a situation. If that clears it up. So one, so when you're making a decision, are you looking at how it's going to affect people or how it's going to best, like the best outcome? And so if say we're making a decision and I don't know, say I had to go do some other podcast that, that was scheduled at the same time, do I look at it as, oh, you're going to be hurt if I do another podcast at this time? Or do I think, okay, this podcast has better audience reach. So that'd be better for me in the long run. Does that make sense? I think so. But I think it's quite hard to like distinguish because like sometimes I think about the other thing and sometimes I think about the first yeah. thing. But, but I, I think generally I'm I'm thinking a lot about like the total rationale, like like what's best on the long term, uh, without taking care of the, the feelings and so on. Yeah. Like, um, what what's best? Yeah, and then the last one, last I'm just gonna get through this because I know eventually you have to go. So I just want to make sure we get through this topic. Um, yeah, sure. So the last one is perceiving versus judging, and I know a lot of people have a lot of bad rap with the word judging, especially here in America. <laughs> and so the difference between the two, like we explained this a little bit earlier, do you have to get stuff organized in your head? before organizing outside. So that's typically the people who are a lot more thinking rather than like cleaning or so they have to have a clean environment in their head versus a clean environment outside. So that's me. That's what's called perceiving. Judging is what's like they have to have a clean environment or they're like stressed out. And so like my mom is definitely a J and also my girlfriend is also a J. They both enjoy clean environments before, like, so my girlfriend, before she has to do homework or anything, she has to make sure she has a clean workspace and all of that. If you take a look at my desk, I have a jar of peanut butter. I have cans on here. I have mail. I have screwdrivers. I have just a weird mix of stuff on my desk. And so for me, I have to get organized up here before I'm comfortable with working. Well, I think I'm I'm also with the head first, but... Like, perceive a question. I don't know. Because, yeah, again, there's going to be a little bit of both. Like, for me, I have to have my computer organized before I'm able to work on it. If I feel like there's a bunch of files out of place and all of that, I don't feel like I can work on my computer. But if you look at my desk, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Same mate. <laughs> like, my, my, on my desktop, it's so clean. Like, I have made folders for everything. And, mm-hmm. and like organized it uh, like in a good way, but on my desk is fucking a mess. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> a mess. I, I tell you. Yeah. So yeah, and I guess if we want to tie this back into business, I look at like looking at personalities and that kind of thing of how to figure out myself and where I'm best like most useful. So again, there are cases where certain personalities where they don't fit, but they excel at the position that they're in. I'm just gonna say that now before. I continue. So there's introverted receptionists that do great, but in general, you want an extroverted 
receptionists, that they're greeting people, that they get energy when people come in, that kind of thing. And so I look at like personalities as figuring out where my talents are best used and where like my coworkers, where they can be best used at. Yeah. And also a comment to that is also what I understand that you like you look for is not making sure that this trade is good and this trade is bad. You're mm-hmm. making sure that okay, whenever this the situation is like this, this trade is very very good and this trade is very bad. Yeah, so it's like okay, this one might excel in this area and this one will excel in this area. I don't look at it as like, oh, I hate that this person is a has a judging personality or I hate that this person's an introvert. No, they're both amazing. Yeah. On different times. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I think I can agree and more. Like I think that's so wrong and so right. The world is a complex place and the business is also complex. But like and the Sometimes the thing about the way that you can prove that there's a there's a necessity for both traits, like on on the difference, is if just evolutionary. If we didn't need one of those traits, it would have died off. Absolutely, like it, it would have died early on in the ev- evolution. Like human species are old. Like it's not changing unless it has to change. Absolutely. And- if what we have now is working, it's working. When we're, we're quite conservative when it comes to evolution. Don't don't change it if it works. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely things that can make stuff better. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I actually like. Do, do you know? The, I think it's the chimpanzees. They have black eyes or something, and we could also have black eyes because this is more a bit of psychology but for human persons we like we watch we get most of the emotions and motivations from also looking at people's eyes absolutely and you can see where people are looking if they have total black eyes so the genetics that coded for the black eyes died like they couldn't evolve and they couldn't yeah persevere because people don't trust them like the reason why we have whites around the eyes is to make sure that whenever I look at you, I can see where your attention goes, like what's important for you. Because whatever's important for you, that's where you look at. That's what you look at, like yeah, generally. Yeah. So the persons with the black eyes, you couldn't count on them because you couldn't figure them out what they wanted, what was precious for mm. them, and so on. And I don't just think that's such a fun fact. Yeah, so I absolutely agree with that. Also, um, back to the evolution, like, when you watch Gavin V, one of the things that he always says is like, dude, you are lucky to be alive. That's <laughs> Dude, there yep. was many sperm, sperm cells that you were competing with. Like, you were quite lucky to be the person that you are now. Mm-hmm. So be grateful, like, the, the evolution and, and stuff like that is... The biological factors is quite important. Uh, I just think sometimes we get forget about them. The human species are old. Well, not mm-hmm. as old as the universe and uh, not as old as crocodiles and jellyfishes and so on. But what I think about or within that, I think it's funny that the only trait that we have better than any other specific thing is that we can run longer. We're not the smartest species. We're not the fastest. We can't fly. We can't swim very well. We can do everything pretty mediocre. Minus, we can run a bit faster or a bit longer. And so it's like if there's a lion that we're tracing down, it's like we have more energy in our that we can store in our bodies than that lion does. Yeah, yeah that, that's actually also the reason why we are hairless. Mm-hmm. When we are running on the desert, over like few days you can outrun everything because like a horse a lion because they got hair they can't get the warmth the heat out 
So they were just over overheat. They would overcook before <laughs> we just before we ate them. <laughs> exactly. And I also think like the thing that humans have evolved into is like we have hands. You you, you can't answer mm-hmm. what are hands specifically good for. The the thing that hands are specifically good for is using tools, using everything. If you have a, like a beaver, you can ask why is the teeth evolve like that? Well, they build they build dams. Mm-hmm. Humans, well, we are just up, standing up. What are we built for? We are built for using things with our hands. Yeah, like picking up stones and using that as weapons or building structures, that kind of thing. Yeah, and like, look how far that got us. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I don't think we got very far. Uh, we haven't been to space what? or anything, you know. <laughs> Depending if the Earth's flat or not. <laughs> but but dude, we, we still have above 500 feet towers yeah buildings yeah i'm just i'm just giving you crap (laughs) my old roommates we always had a joke of like um if the earth uh flat what would that do or whatever with evolution and how far we've gotten with if we've been in space and all that but i saw something funny i think this was on tiktok with um it was like the earth is dinosaur shape how can i prove this you can disprove anything so the dinosaur shape is the how it is the earth And I was like, that is fantastic. I'm like, I am behind that idea. That is the new, every planet is a dinosaur. (laughs) Science. Uh, also like, like like just a comment on that like the scientific way of like f- finding out if something is true or not is like setting up uh, scenarios where you find out if you're wrong yeah uh, okay, so let, let, let's say that the uh, uh, hypothesis is like all swans are, are white okay the situation where that's wrong is whenever you find a, a swan that's actually another, another color a black swan do you get me Yep. Yeah, a black swan. Right. So, like, okay, if you find t- 10,000 swans, they're all white. Okay, sure. Yeah. They're all white. You can't collect them all, like, on the, the whole of earth and say, okay, they're all white. I can see them all. They're just here. You find out if something is is making that rule no good. <laughs> yeah. I just think that's so cool. Like, when you think about it, it's like, yeah. you set up the scenarios of when you are wrong. <laughs> exactly. Um, I I guess I just had a phrase that came in my head that was, of course, it escaped my brain as soon as I thought about to say it. <laughs> <laughs> my brain still has not recovered from a distraction. <laughs> But, oh, I know what it was. Okay, so within, like, school versus real life, um, school teaches you a lesson, then it gives you a test. Life gives you a test, and then you learn the lesson. And so um, I guess that was just a um, thing that I've heard that's just, like, that's very true. And, like, everything that we talk about is, like, a scientific process. Anything like that is, like, okay, you do a test, and then you learn what's from that and what lesson is there. Yeah, great point, great point. I love the crow. I love the quote because like, I, I don't think, find anything that explains that as perfectly as that quote does. Mm-hmm. Because like life is complex. Life has many lessons in it. 
Yeah, and then, which I think it is good at the ages that that happens at because when you're little, you want to learn a lot of lessons because if we didn't learn the lessons before life actually tested us, we would be literally in the same loop because everyone would be making the exact same mistakes and then eventually learn the lessons. But as a kid, you're taught lessons first so that you don't have to fail at a test. And so, but whenever there's a slow transition throughout your childhood that it's like, okay, now you're figuring out everything itself and we're going into new territories whether that's what your parents have learned whether that's you're stubborn and you have to you have to learn not to be stubborn and just different things like that where it's like okay now you're given tests how do you apply the lessons of your childhood to that i think that yeah i think that's definitely some truth in that yeah i, I love that i also think like for the reason that well it's set up like that you also have to like always speak show up and pay attention to what's happening so yep. that you can extract the lesson no, yeah the lesson yeah so you can, you can extract the lesson absolutely uh, because uh, like uh, sometimes i think one of the, mo- the the worst tragedies that you can find is repeat the same mistake over and, and over and over and over and over and over and that's because they weren't paying attention to what the test was trying to give you what 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 lesson the test was trying to give you yeah and i think that's a good way to end the podcast yep pay attention what life uh, what cards life deals you and and make sure that you understand the lesson from the test otherwise you you're going to repeat it (laughs) then i guess our our goals let's let's do this for a group uh, both of us have this goal of what as with our lesson we talk about lessons each week what's a specific test that happened that you learned that lesson from so look I'm going to do this and you're going to do this as well if you're up to the challenge of look for a specific test that happened to you, whether that somebody challenged you, whether that's whatever it is, look for a specific test and a specific lesson from that. Sounds good. Sweet. That's a challenge for all of you guys. <laughs> yep, you as well. If you want to put it in the comments, that'd be fantastic. And we'll, re- we'll respond to it. So Yeah, definitely. Cool. Right. Cool. See you, everybody. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Birdhouse Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, follow me on my Instagram at the Birdhouse Agency and share it to your friends and family or rate it on Apple Podcast or Anchor. My name is Alexander Guler and I will see you at the next episode. Mm-hmm.